Okay, uh, it's the Chance of Gaming Podcast. Um, it's episode 60, and, um, well, uh, Richard's with me, and yep. that's I'm here. about all I can say of what, yeah, that's all I want to say. I mean, I know a lot of you guys, you know, have heard about the plot to kidnap the Michigan governor, and yeah, so just Richard's with me today and probably for maybe a while uh, or uh, I don't it, it's a whole thing so I I just wanted to yeah, mention I, it the lawyers said not to say too much so hey yeah. I'm, I'm I'm back did I miss anything wait Roy Roy you made bail oh I did well I, you know actually I evaded the uh, German shepherds that's you know just uh, like a good chili pepper there that'll that'll throw them off your tracks Turns out there I, were... I saw those guys' mug shots, and I was sure that you were one of those, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out no, there were... Uh, I, I have uh, actually a, a full uh, Y chromosome, so I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they were looking for Ray, not Roy. <laughs> it's, it's it was a common mistake. They let him go. It's it's a whole thing. So, um, so Roy, why you were running from the police... Uh, oh, wait. I was going to say, uh, you guys all messaged me concerned about the hurricane the other day, and it just kind of, you know, went right through us. It's been a pretty active season for us, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, I, what are we at? We, we've used up the whole alphabet, and we're in the Greek alphabet now, right? <laughs> look, uh... Was it that Delta that just went through? Yeah, I, think I thought so. it was Delta Burke is what it was named uh, after. They, uh, who's, who's married to Mississippi's own Gerald McCraney, so... And, yeah, uh, oh, okay. And look, half of Simon and Simon, <laughs> and the other half was also Simon. So, look, I I grew up like watching Major Dad, and uh, I mean I haven't watched it since then. I liked it then. I was a kid. Who knows? And you know, Gerald McCraney was this comedic actor. But when I became an adult and watched the HBO series Deadwood, he is fucking scary in there as, as George Hurst. Yeah, I've never seen that show. Oh no, man! I. Oh, it's really good. The foul language in there is pure Shakespearean sonnet poetry. It's, it's <laughs> fan- the way they weave it all together to uh, say something that surprised them or cursed someone is beautiful. It is so brutal and terrible. It is beautiful. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And there's just some fantastic quotes that I love from there. And uh, yeah, but yeah, I highly recommend it. It's on, uh, I know, what is it, HBO Max? I always want to yep. say HBO Plus, but it's Disney Plus, HBO Max. <laughs> it's on... Yeah, I've got a friend that keeps telling me how good the uh, Cthulhu show is, so I'm definitely going to be get, end up getting HBO for a month, probably sometime this winter, just so I can binge through that one. You All tried right. to get out and they pulled you back in? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Game of Thrones was, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> We are the podcast that comes out against the bring of children. Yes. That's right. That was that was That's the, the impetus yeah. for that that stance. Yeah, yeah Harold, Harold on Games still has not come out against that. No, not at all. <laughs> Neither is Tom Vassell, who's definitely <laughs> definitely listening to this show. Um, that has uh, always fascinated to me because I, I never in my life have ever seen a IP tank so hard. I mean, game. Just think about how big Game of Thrones was. 
And I now, I know you can still see all the shit, all the shirts and dolls and pictures and all that stuff, like, in clearance bins everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. But when was the last time you ever saw somebody even wear one of those shirts that said, I drink and I know things? Here's the thing. There are there is a non-zero number of children, girls, that were named Daenerys before the finale of that show. Oh, How'd you like to be one of those two-year-old kids right now? <laughs> well, I think you would be better than all the girls named Bella from Twilight. No, hold on. My daughter's named Isabella, but she was not named after a yes, Twilight character. Uh, so. Twilight was a big one. And, uh, of course, there was, it, it was also Jacob, and who was the vampire? I'm glad, uh, I'm glad both of you guys don't know. We're, yeah, yeah. Um, we're way out like over our skis Team someone sure. and team someone. Team Jacob and team Eric? Was it Eric? Somebody's uh, screaming at their thing. No, they're not, because they're embarrassed. They're not, I don't know what that is. Uh, okay. So since since we've completely abandoned any hope of staying on the path, um, I say we were talking about her. <laughs> yeah, I read a book <laughs> about um, about the Nazi um, fascination with the occult, and there's actually some pretty interesting background information about the whole vampire versus werewolf thing. That's a very Eastern European anti-Semitic thing, right. where the nope. Nazis were the werewolves. And the Jews were the vampires. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it goes back way before, like, the Nazi party of the 30s. It goes back way back into, like, German folklore and everything. But the whole – I never realized that, but but the whole vampire versus werewolf thing is all based on set European anti-Semitism. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I had no uh, idea. <laughs> well, you know, they had that plot to go and steal the Ark of the Covenant, too. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was foiled by some uh, professor. Was he like from Colorado or somewhere? Yeah, something like that. He was an archaeologist. <laughs> Colorado yeah. Jones. Yeah, I think I saw that on the dollar rack at the DVD yeah. store. <laughs> Colorado Stevenson, yeah, or whatever it is, or Colorado Smith. That would be it. Um, damn it. I'm, okay, the hurricanes. Hur the hurricane thing. I wanted to say there is a eight. I saw a graphic for this. There's an 18 mile stretch of Louisiana that has gotten hit with both those hurricanes wow. back, back to back. And they're like, oh, it's just so bad, like, right through here. And, you know, whatever. So I know the this uh, place in particular. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How far is that from you, that that strip there? Uh, far. Uh, okay. Yeah, because it's like... So you just got rain. Yeah, yeah, it's just rain. Because, um, yeah. It's you got to come all the way over to the right and then up about midway in Mississippi and uh, yeah, so hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's been something. Now see, I they used to be a lot worse when I lived. I lived about a uh, hundred hundred fifty miles south of where I am now, closer to the coast, and mm -hmm. I would always you know we'd lose power and you know this that and the other, and then hell, uh, Katrina was the the last one that actually hit Mississippi, and that was a whole thing. Uh, but, so you, you, you lived in that unnamed stretch of land between the, Louisiana and Alabama. Alabama, the landmass. <laughs> yes, that's where I was. And every single time, you know, you see me on Twitter bitching about it because it happens <laughs> every single time they come through. Like, we don't know what this area is here, but it's, yeah. it's something. I think some people live there. Yeah, I had a friend that lived in Biloxi at the time, and he was like, yeah, you hear, you know, Katrina, you hear about New Orleans and everything. 
Katrina pretty much wiped Biloxi off the map uh, for yeah, a period it, of time. It was really bad. Uh, I had to go down there for work to do, like, during the about the 4th or the 5th anniversary. And, yeah, it was just slabs and stuff. My The most interesting one I ever remember was apparently a bank had been there, or at least the building was a bank. You know how they do. They'll sometimes turn them into restaurants or whatever. But mm-hmm. the whole, it was just a concrete slab with a huge rusted uh, vault door stuff <laughs> right there. It was just a really, really unique piece. I wish I had taken a picture of it because I thought it was very striking. But, um, yeah. Sounds like you a know. good setting for a, uh, like a tabletop, you know, tactical war game or something. Uh-huh. You know, the ruins for a 40K game or something. Or uh, I think, what do they got? Fallout. They do actually have those. Yeah, yeah that'd be a good one. So, Adam, I have a, uh, a suggestion for you. This is a can't-miss business opportunity. You okay. need to open a, a plywood and blue tarp store. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. That is the whole thing. Uh, somebody actually posted a picture of it's St. Charles, Louisiana, I believe, that was messed up. Uh, not the last hurricane, but the hurricane before that one. Really bad. And it was all these pictures of blue tarps. It was like this whole city of just blue tarps. And they were like, the hurricane is about to hit them again in, you know, a week or whatever. So, eh, it's, it's bad. But, I mean, that's kind of like our thing, you know, kind of on the Gulf is having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I've often wondered, like, what is it like on, you know, the East Coast? Because, yeah, the Pacific doesn't have anything, right? They don't have hurricanes over there, I don't think. I mean... Technically, they could. I think there has been. It's very rare, but every okay. once in a while, a hurricane will cross over Mexico and come up the West Coast. But it's uh, really rare. Doesn't that turn into a typhoon if it's in the Pacific? I think it. I think a typhoon or hurricane is based on where it starts, not where it ends up. Okay. Look, history, history on the table ain't talking about hurricanes. I guarantee you. Yeah. This is why you we, tune in. We have it all. Uh-huh. Meteorology. Yeah. Uh, it's because there's no good hurricane games. Uh huh. Why isn't there a good hurricane game? That going Holland Spiel can publish it. Holland Spiel. Holland Spiel. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Holland Spiel. Yes. The hurricane game. There's a. I've never played it, but isn't um isn't Lisboa about rebuilding after an earthquake? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. There's a game. I think it's I think it's Lisboa, and it's it's about rebuilding a city after an earthquake. So yeah, just retheme that and call it the landmass between. <laughs> <laughs> Louisiana and Alabama. Oh, uh, you could you could gamify. Oh, okay. I'm looking it up. It's uh, compete to reconstruct the city of Lisboa after the yeah. great earthquake of 1755. Yeah. So yes, you could gamify that in like a hurricane recovery. It would be like okay, you have your city, and then you need to get supplies in. You know, supplies in. And you have to have power restored. You could totally gamify that. So, oh yeah, there's a game to be made there. So yeah, if you're listening to this and make that, you know, I don't want any money or anything because I know there's no money in board games. Period. <laughs> just you know, hey, just, just mention my show in the uh, in the the book or something. That'd be nice. Or just you know, put it on the front cover. Adam Chance said this was really good, and it may or may not have been his idea. Whatever. Anyway. As heard on the Chance of Gaming podcast. Yes. <laughs> First the third. number one automotive yeah. podcast in the country. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roy, what have you been playing? So let's see. I've been playing uh, still on Board Game Arena. 
uh, played a cute little game with my wife called Lucky Numbers. And so you're drawing tiles uh, onto a, what is it, a four by four grid, and the numbers have to kind of go in order. Well, not in order. They have to go in descending or ascending value from the upper left to the lower right. So like going across, the numbers have to go up, and going down, the numbers have to go up. So you're pulling tiles, and you're replacing tiles, and basically whoever fills up their card first wins. Um, and it's a it's a sh short little, I don't know, a filler game, I suppose. Um, and that's the lucky numbers. So there are no right. unlucky numbers in there? No, mm -hmm. no. But they think it goes 1 through 24 twice. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Lucky Numbers. Okay. And then I've been playing uh, The Voyages of Marco Polo. I played this once. Um, this is a, yeah, it kind of simulates uh, the, the Voyages of Marco Polo. That you have a, a map of Africa and Asia, and you, um, you're moving your adventurer around. And each adventurer has a uh, special ability that they can do. And so if they move they have to spend camels to go and make a move from you start in uh, uh, Naples, I guess, and you have to go, they have routes that you have to take. And then wherever you stop, you can put a, um, a trading post there. And if you put a trading post there, then you get a, a special ability that you can use every turn. Um, it's kind of a dice allocation game. So each turn you're rolling, uh, I think five dice, and based on the, the dice that you roll, um, kind of shows the level of what you can do. <clears throat> so you have um, uh, goals that you start with, like, okay, so if I can connect this city and this city, then that's worth a, a measure of victory points. If I can um, put an outpost here, that gives me a measure of victory points. And the, some of those are secret. Uh, and so you kind of move across the board and try to kind of make your route. And, uh, and you're voyaging across to Africa and Asia. So that's uh, the Voyages of Marco Polo. That's available on Board Game Arena. So you don't actually go around just going like, Marco? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. And then uh, Six Nymphed is a um it, well it's a card game and it plays a lot of players and so you have you have a hand of cards and you have four fields that you can play cards on so the numbers go up they go from two to 104 and when you play a card you have to play it goes you have to play in ascending order um but once the the four rows, once you play the fifth card, you have to take everything in that row. And so it's there's a little bit of st uh, strategy where you're laying cards down like, well, I know that this card is out, so maybe I'll be safe placing a card here and I won't get stuck with taking a row. Um, so each card has a different, a varying number of uh, bullheads on the card. So I think the cards that are uh, like... 22, 44, 55 uh, have like a bunch of bullheads on it. So basically, you want to avoid laying down the fifth card in a row. Uh, so there's there's a pressure luck. There's a kind of a well, I, I think I can put this down, 
because it's only six away from this other one, but you know, everybody else may have that um, same idea and have a better card than you do. So you can get kind of stuck taking a row. And so it starts at 66 points, and every time you take a row, you subtract that many bullheads that are shown on the cards. And then the game is over once somebody goes past zero into negative numbers. So that's uh, six nymphed. It's a fun little card game. That's uh, is, we've... is nymphed? Is that like a German word that means something else? I think else, it is. Or... Yeah, okay. I, I'm not sure what it is. Probably uh, something impolite. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, turn and taxes is a uh, it's also it's based in Germany. It's a game about the post office. Um, so you um, you're connecting cities with post offices. So you're making routes. So you, your first turn, you lay down a card that will be a city, and then you're drawing other cards, and each city that you play has to connect either to one side or the other side of your route. So eventually you have to draw a route through the, through the countryside, and then if you choose to score it, then you, you place a little post office there. Um, and... Um, Along the way, you're collecting points. So, like, if you can collect, if you can have a post office in every city in a region, then you can collect the point chip for that. If you can put a post office in each color, then you can collect a chip for that. Um, if you can make a route of five, then you can collect a chip for that. So it's you're you're putting down post offices. You're strategically saying, okay, I think that I can make a link to from this city to this city and eventually, you know, get up to however far I need to go. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun game of, of basically putting little post offices around the countryside. So that's a uh, turn and taxes. And then finally I am working on my D and D character. So, uh, game where I'm going to start playing next Monday. This is the week. level 15 one. Yes, it is. Yep. So I don't know. It's um, I'm kind of feeling my way. I've never played this high a level of a of a D and D game. So I'm I have a sorcerer that I'm kind of I don't know trying to trying to make it so it's a viable character. But I've never really been a big fan of I don't know playing the numbers. I really like more the of the notion of um, making a character so that it's um, interesting in a role play sense. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. What's what's your guys' thoughts on min maxing of D and D characters? Well, not just for D and D, but for any RPG, I'm very much in favor of just making interesting characters rather than try to min max. Which is why I've never played Pathfinder or games that you really kind of have to min max. D and D Fourth Edition is kind of that way too. Oh, in yeah. fact, that the game that I'm getting ready for right now is I've never played it before, but we're going to play a Warhammer Fantasy role playing game, mm -hmm. and I kind of like just letting them. You know, I. I I kind of like randomly picking characters and if their stats don't really fit them, then that makes better role-playing. So mm -hmm. what's uh, what edition of, of Warhammer fantasy are you playing? I guess the latest one I'd have to check. Okay. So I had a copy and I actually gave it away a copy of um, the one from, I guess it would have been 88, 90, something like that. Yeah. And the characters, your starting career was determined randomly. 
Yeah, and that's then, how I'm doing it. Yeah, there's okay. tables, and you, you roll for your race, you roll for your career, you roll for your stats. And it's interesting because basically the way the rule book says, it's like if you if you just take pure random rolls, then you start off with more XP. Um, and if you don't like your rolls, then you can basically give up some XT, XP to get some re-rolls. But hmm. I'd rather have a guy with, with bad stats or, or really mismatched stats or what I think is always interesting, like – I mm-hmm. like playing like orc wizards and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Now I never knew because I, I really I've never at that okay. Start over. I really never have <laughs> role played honestly, but uh, it was always around me, and I always knew people that did, and always asked them to, and whatever. But I never knew that like min maxing was a thing. It's like a really big thing in competitive miniature games. And in fact, uh, I hear a lot of people complain about Star Wars Legion being that's one of the ones. And what that means for miniature gaming is it's like I take the minimum units I am required to, and then I max out the super badass stuff. Like for Legion, it's like for an 800-point thing, you have to take, what is it, three troops? Yeah. Yeah. So you take, like, for Rebels, three naked Rebel squads. Three naked Rebel, right. And then you take like you know two of these speeders or and maybe three of the uh, uh, walker things and yeah, yeah. So that's like a whole thing. But I had no idea people actually kind of really game game hard gamify whatever you call it um, like role playing. They're like, oh okay, if, mm-hmm. I, if I do a monk that is this race and I give it this, then I'm rolling, you know, 400 dice on, you know, this. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay. Did not yeah, know that for, was a thing. For role-playing games, really, it means more like, I mean, you're you're going to have one or two dump stats that you just don't care about at all. So, like, if you're playing a fighter, he's going to be the dumbest fighter ever because you spent any yeah. point that you could have put into intelligence, you're going to put it into strength and constitution. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so basically that's what mid-max means is that, you know, I mean, I always when I when I game master or dungeon master, I always tell my players, I'm like, you can min max if you want, but I'm going to punish you for it. You know, <laughs> if you if you want to bring in a guy because your wizard has a strength of six, guess what? You're going to have to climb a wall. You know this. And it's not that I'm specifically looking to punish them, but I'm also just I I prefer well-rounded characters mm-hmm. Me to too. play and in, to have in my games as well. I just think so, they're more interesting. I guess this is a, a message to my future gaming group that I'm making a character that will probably end up being underpowered and, and die horribly in the first session. Huh. <laughs> It'll be amazing. Uh, okay, are you familiar with uh, the subreddit, what is it, RPG Horror Stories? I've seen a few of those, yeah. I subscribe to that, and I, I, I cannot tell you how many times I am just blown away that human beings like this are actually walking around on the same, <laughs> on the same planet I'm on. It just blows my mind, like the the people that they get and stuff like that. I don't know. It, it, you know, I'm not picking on just role players. I mean, you know? it's it's just it's gaming cancer playing a different game. We've talked about them before, you know. That's very true. That's very very true. But yeah, they yeah, there's some really really weird stuff, and I've never understood like all the you have to add the or, or the people that have to add like sex and stuff to it. 
to, you know, you're not playing the Chuck Tingle game, you're playing like, <laughs> you know, which is, there's a, there's a Chuck Tingle RPG, you know. You're not yeah, playing that, no. you're, you're legit playing just regular D&D, and they're like, well, I'm gonna try to reap this guard, or whatever, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't well, know. Well, so I will say that that the group that I'm playing with, a few of them, my friend Finn Diesel and uh, and DJ Tasty Freeze, we we all gamed with the guy that ended up being a murderer. So that yeah. was interesting. I've only have to had to kick one guy out of a group ever. Hmm. He wasn't that bad, but he was just he just wasn't a good fit for the group. And everyone else in the group, I was the dungeon master at the time, basically said either he leaves or we all quit. So. <laughs> <laughs> and of course he was playing like a uh, you know the dark elf assassin type so there yeah, are certain was, characters I've when they show up with those certain, too. when people start show up with certain type of characters you're like okay here we go <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh sorry guy you're terrible you, you, yeah you've got to go you gotta go you, you which you know i've played evil characters but it's like i don't know it's in my mind being evil just means i'm in it for me Whereas, you know, some people say, well, this is an evil character, so he's just going to gonna rape and pillage his way through the world. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, down with that. Yeah, that's, that's, that is definitely a reoccurring theme on the RPG Horror Stories thing is I am, you know, you can't fault me for what I am doing at the table yeah. because it's what my character should do because he is, you know, evil. Yeah. I- I can't fault you, but I can kill the character and kick the player out. Yeah, it's just oof. Uh, anyway, it's, I mean, I think the the best the, the the worst we have to deal with like miniature gaming is rage quitting. Does anybody ever rage quit RPGs? Is that like a thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't. I mean, it, like I said, my group basically it wasn't exactly rage quitting, but I mean they they were being truthful when they said either he goes or we all go. So. Mm. That's kind of like rage quitting, but not really. I've never had anyone like blow up at a table and storm out or anything. Uh, yeah, look, I've, I've seen it a lot in miniature gaming. It's, of course, you know, I, I don't ever win, so it's never across the table from me. But it's happening at the table next to me, so it's <laughs> I, I feel real awkward when it, whenever that happens. Like, eh, let's do it. It's yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like mom and dad are fighting, you know, and... Like that video of the 400-pound guy double-fisting the Catan board. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that yeah, he flips it over. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, anyway, speaking of uh, rage quitting, I played uh, Star Wars Legion Saturday. No, you didn't. Okay. Not officially, you didn't. Well, I got in three games, anyway. That's that's all I'm going to say, is I played three games of Star Wars Legion. <laughs> With some friends, then it was a totally unsanctioned event. You just all happen to be in the same place at the same right. time. Right, absolutely, absolutely. That is what we were at. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and uh, so three games in one day, though, that's pretty good. It is. It's pretty good. Um, the, the weird thing, I feel terrible. I, I feel terrible because I'll, I'll get home and I'll feel like I spent all day like chopping wood or something. Like, oh my <laughs> god, I'm so tired. It's like, what did you do? I'm like, I stood up playing with toy soldiers all day that's what i did the most strenuous thing i did was roll dice poorly and um yeah you need to get one of those little rakes to push your <laughs> yeah. figures around yes yeah you're, t- you're tired from rolling a lot of blank white dice all day 
Ah, uh, but uh, I'm trying. I was trying to think who my first opponent was. My second was uh, clones, and my third was uh, Empire with Krennic. Um, damn it! I know the guy I played first, but I can't think of what it was. Anyway, the first game I played was my closest. The second one was just a fucking blowout, and you know it's you. It becomes such a blowout. You're like. Did somebody add up his list? Is this right? Because, <laughs> my God, there's a lot of figures on the other side, and they seem to be rolling some really good dice and killing the shit out of me. And, uh, and yes. And, oh, my God. Okay. The the third one. I'm so happy someone got to witness how very poorly I roll. It's just awful. It, I literally laughed out loud. And I'm, drop, I'm talking like dropping a bucket of dice. And looking at them, and they're all blank. You know, and the guy's like, "Oh my god, man!" He's like, "He's like, are you working out like some kind of karma or something? Are you under? Yeah. Are you under some kind of curse? Yeah. You know, what what is it?" He's like, "He's like, I've never seen anybody roll that bad in my life." And I'm like, I, hey, "I'm developing a reputation for it." That's, that's I my feel name. terrible for you, but I'm still going to need you to pick up that entire squad. <laughs> mm. I was like, oh, man, that's bad. Um, So I, I won, right? <laughs> yes, yes, sir, you did. And, you know, and again, it's like, I mean, generally, you know, like losing doesn't feel good, you know, but I'm not trying to, you know, I don't get mad when I like lose. I've seen people get mad because they lost their very first game. So they think there's no chance for them to get... um to they they can't win first place now because they lost their you know their first they had planned on going undefeated and now they're just their spirits are crushed and everything like that. I just played you know just to have fun. I mean it's great. That's that's all it is. Just to hang out. I laugh and I joke and you know I just don't take it serious because I think I'd you know I think I'd lose my mind if I if I took it serious. I'd be mad at myself and just I'd be that guy and I don't want to be that guy. The, you know, the one that I hate. The one that's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> I will say on my third game, some kind of wasn't a argument. Some kind of intense discussion broke out at the next table over. It was so much that my opponent and I stopped playing and looked over like What's going on over there? But I guess everything worked out and everything was fine and you know whatever. But it was one of those that you got. Is this is somebody about to say something about somebody's mother? Is somebody <laughs> about to throw a punch? I don't know what's going on over there. That that discussion is intense, and I think it has something to do with uh, Vader and something about one of his force moves like through a wall or something i don't know oh yeah like his maybe is he allowed to push or choke or something through a wall something i mean i know a lot of guys do the strategy of like okay it's last turn and i'm gonna force push you off the objective which means you can't you don't get to score that so yeah but it wasn't that i don't know but it was something else but I think the discussion got heated because, like, one person was trying to cite the, you know, the the FAQ, and the other person was trying to cite, and uh, quote unquote, some rando from Facebook. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's just I think that was the thing. And Dad, it that reminds me, Rich. Um, 
I got okay. I should after this, I will pay attention to Erratas when they come out. I never have. <laughs> I never have because you know I'm not a competitive guy. You know, so I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I it it won't affect me. It won't affect me. My first game, I fielded um, the Rebel Commando Sniper Team. Okay. Uh-huh. As it sits on the card, if you buy it off the shelf right now, the range on that sniper rifle is one to infinity. To infinity, oh, yep. yeah. It, yep. Has, it has been errated to right. one to five. Right. So I first go to shoot mine, and the guy's <laughs> like, you're out of range. And I'm like, well, it's one to infinity. He's like, no, it's, it's errated. And I'm like, oh, you're fucking kidding me. You know, and sure enough, yeah. And so I was like, dadgummit. So I had to spend two turns walking them to get in range to something. Ugh. I was like, man, I set that up on the first turn. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to sit back here and just blaze away all game. I'm out of your, out of your range. You can't get me. I'm going to be killing dudes. Nope. Now, now I'm imagining your two-person sniper team as a husband and wife, and the husband's like, I'm in range. And the wife's like, no, you're not. <laughs> yes. And then I can see them walking up going, I told you you weren't in range. <laughs> I told you it was a rat. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see it. It came out after. It was, yeah, so that was me. That was me playing Legion. And uh, <laughs> and there you go. Tell me about your Imperial struggle, Rich. Yeah, I think I talked about it last time, but I actually played another game. I've uh, got my wife into it. She's she's a huge Anglophile, so I was like, I think you're gonna like this game. It's it's a you know it's a war game, but it's not like Hex Encounter or anything like that. It's very historical, and she's loving it. So yeah, we're playing Imperial Struggle together. So that's the second time I've played it. Um, this one is the first time I played it was like literally all I had done was skim the rule book, and I think I got lost in like the third turn. So this one's gonna probably go down to the wire there won't be any auto victories but um yeah we're having a good time that's gmt's uh, not their latest game but it's made by the same guy that did uh twilight struggle <laughs> excuse me so it <coughs> it gets a lot of comparisons um but <laughs> rich is called rich is called covid i got the, i got the rona the i got the rona no i'm fine um it gets a lot of comparisons, but it's not it's not that similar of a game. Um, anyway, I like it a lot better than Twilight Struggle, so I've been playing that. Um, continuing on with historical ASL, I've got a couple of those games going. Um, the new game that I just got, the latest coin game, so volume 10 in the coin collection, uh, is called All Bridges Burning. So it's a game about the Finnish Civil War from 1917-1918. And I've played that a couple times now, um, and I really enjoyed that one as well. So it's a first three-player coin game. So Coin Games, that's another GMT series. It's uh, Volco is the the original designer, although except for like system design, I don't think he has any credits on this one at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good game. This is a first three-player coin game, so it's got some interesting mechanics as far as turn order and stuff like that but at its heart it's it's a coin game so if you've played a coin game you'd be able to pick this one up pretty quickly i'm enjoying it quite a bit it's it's more political and less military um in that the battles are they're not super bloody except if the germans are involved they can get bad because the germans are the really the only ones with a lot of troops to put on the board and move around like a proper army everyone else if you read the history they're basically just like guys that happen to have guns so yeah 
any, anytime the Germans get involved in a military conflict, yeah, it's never good. It's yeah. Never good. Yeah. Well, and this is, I mean, Germany is, this is like in the middle of World War One as well. So Germany, they're like, yeah, we're doing so well fighting on every other front. Let's just go ahead and get involved in this country's civil war too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've also been playing some 18xx games. I've been playing those online on 18xx.games, which is if you're at all interested in 18xx games, the train games, it's an amazing website. It's got a nice tutorial. You know, it's got the map. It's got the market. It's got literally everything you need, uh, including finding other players to play 18xx games. You just log onto the website. I check it, you know, a couple times a day when it's my turn play a quick turn and then it just goes to the other players. So um been playing more of those lately as well. And so, then so if you yeah. hit, if you hit eighteen triple X, that's ladies in pantaloons, right? Uh <laughs> no, those are train games too. Those okay. are just yeah, yeah okay. different, different naked, naked girls playing train games. It's yeah. literally okay, I gotta know now. It's literally <laughs> it's literally naked girls playing with toy trains. That's it. <laughs> Look, I promise you, you make that an OnlyFans or a subscription website, somebody will subscribe. I'm not saying that's you'll make not a thing. I'm, I'm saying, you know, if you, if you, uh, you know, oh, is 18 triple X not available? Well, dot, dot games is not. Okay, let's there see. You, 18. There X, you go. X, X, yeah, 18 triple X. Make sure you type in 18 yeah. and not 17. Otherwise, you're going to have somebody knocking on your door. Dot com also not, not available. Not available. All right, now, now that now I want that, I want to buy that domain and have it just, uh, you know, it could just go uh, forward to chanceofgaming.com. Eight, eight, oh, so, eight. Adam, Adam, do you already have an OnlyFans account that we could subscribe to if we wanted to? No, I've been, I've been meaning to. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's like, I don't know. If, there, if there's money available, I'd do it, but it's got to be for, like, money, money. I need, like, at least a couple hundred, like, a month, not, like, $5 a month. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Have, have to see. So dot org has something. It's in Thai. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let me go to whois.net and look up eighteen uh, xxx.com. Oh, it is registered. Okay. It is registered, and oh wow, like most of them are actually registered. I could get maybe eighteen xxx.c, but eighteen xxx. Dot what? Dot cc. Oh, cc. What is that? Uh, Ta is Canada. What's cc? I think it's Christmas Islands or something like that. It's, oh. it's, it's, it literally is. A <laughs> there are thing. no laws here. <laughs> it looks like eighteen xxx dot Black Friday is available. I didn't even know they have a Black Friday thing. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Dot discount deals, cheap codes. So you said games was not available. Well, that's yeah. Uh, well, it is. It's not registered. It's not. Uh, it doesn't go to a valid site. Dot game or dot games, which which would be the correct domain. Let's try. Let's, let's try dot game. Okay, dot game is available. I, yeah, people are listening to this. I'm, I'm amazed. <laughs> not cool. anymore. Uh, yeah. Please write a review on iTunes. Like I've tried to listen to them. It was the very first time, and all they were doing was talking about maybe registering some, you know, game for well, eighteen right, triple X. Right now they're right now they're checking their podcast listing to see if Riley in the Valley came out with a new episode. They're like, is Tom Bassel so, put out another one yet? Okay. Heavy cardboard. <laughs> Please, Rich, continue. 
So yeah, I've been playing some train games online. Um, And then last weekend, my daughter was in town too. So we played some games with her. I was actually uh, able to convince her through um, body language and gestures that I did not want to play Catan again to pick something else. So we played uh, we played Spirit Island, we played Pandemic, and we played Ticket to Ride a couple different times. Which Ticket to Ride is it's pretty fun. Um, it's you know it's it's very quick and it's you know obviously you can set it up in like two minutes. You just shuffle the cards and give everybody a bag of trains. So it was more fun than I remembered it being. That was actually one of the first games that I got when I kind of got back into games five, six, seven years ago, whenever it was, but. Yeah, we got it back out, and, and it was a good time. And my, my little one, my 11-year-old, she's like, yeah, we got to play this more. We got to play this more. So I was actually going to check. I didn't see it on Board Game Arena, but I was going to check and see if there are any other online sites that she could play it with my my college-age daughter so that they could play online together. There's a, there's an app. I yeah, I knew there was an app, but I didn't know if it was on any of those free sites or not. So, ah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then on the Xbox, I've been playing Star Wars Squadrons. So not a whole lot of it, but I've been playing, you know, like through the tutorials and the campaign missions and everything, just learning how to play it. It is, it is really cool. I like it a lot. How far have you gotten? Yeah, um, let's see. So I think the last one I did. Oh, so I was playing Into the Abyss, which is the one where you have to spoilers. You have to like lead. You're you're escorting a convoy, which is already anytime you play any game with an escort mission, it's miserable. Um, but you're you're trying to lead the Imperials into a, a bottleneck trap. But the game must have bugged or something because I literally was escorting this convoy for like 15 minutes and the Imperials never showed up. So finally, I just gave up on it and I was going to restart it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, OK, I made it to the very first tie mission. And uh, this is what I told you guys. Ties are so damn difficult to turn. Uh, my arm was cramping up because I, I actually went and got <laughs> I went I went and got a hot ass or a hotas, ever how you say it. <laughs> I, I call it hot ass. Hot ass dot xxx. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know the the stick, which actually stands for hand on throttle and stick and stick. Okay, yeah. so I got one of those for the PS4, and like I don't have it mounted, so. Where I play, if you, if you listen, like put it on your knee or something. No, no, no. I don't. I don't have it mounted. Like I just so I just have it like on top of the desk. However, when I am intensely turning, it sounds like this. It's like because I'm banging it around, I'm moving it, and I'm like, wow, okay, I totally see why guys mount these. And if you look online or on Reddit or whatever, they usually put them on plates that extend off the desk, so you can kind of sit in a natural position like an mm-hmm. armchair and you would have your your throttle and stick right there so that yeah that would be way more ergonomic and so did you already have that or did you just get a, the hot ass <laughs> i bought the hot ass specifically to play squadrons <laughs> okay because from what i've heard they're hard to find right now because you know microsoft is coming out with a new version of flight simulator that's going to be super popular and i think squadrons is pretty popular from what i heard they're hard to find right now though oh yeah in well, stock. I did happen to see that uh, somebody had 3D printed one. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like as an attachment to the controller? I saw that, yeah. Yeah. I I got mine, like, the week before it came out. And okay. I'm like, I figured, I figured there'd be kind of, I knew there was already kind of a run on them because of the pandemic. 
apparently, you know, everybody wanted to sit at home and, you know, fly ships or whatever. And um, so I saw them in stock at uh, GameStop, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get this. And that was the week before it came out. And uh, I just got lucky. And it's, yeah, it reminds me a lot of playing X-Wing, the very first X-Wing when it came out. I bought a joystick for that. Now, it was a little easier because, like, I had a full keyboard right there. So, you know, to be able to manage my my shields and all that stuff. But on the hot ass... I think that's that's the point of the hands-on throttle and stick, though, is that you can map literally everything to either the throttle or the stick and never have to take your hands off. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's just remembering. That's that's the thing. Yeah, you know, that's true. It's always S is for shields, you know. So yeah, but it's it's just remembering. Like, oh, okay, it's you know, flick this thing up here and this thing that down there, and yeah, and oh, just by the time you got used to doing the X wing, here's the Tie Fighter. Now relearn all where all the buttons are. Yeah, yeah, and oh. you don't even get shields on the Tie I know, Fighter. I was like, so. where are my shields? You don't have shields on the Tie Fighter. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, they're like, oh, but you're faster and your weapons are, are are better. Yeah, but I can't hit anything anyway, so I need <laughs> shields. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, yes, I've, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed playing that. I haven't even made it to multiplayer yet, and that's what every, all the cool kids are doing. They're like, yeah, oh my gosh, I haven't I played multiplayer. any multiplayer yet either. So, yeah. And, okay, so we're down to, like, sponsors. That would be Mike over at AlterDementia.com. Speaking of 3D printing. Mm-hmm. He could... 3D print you a hot ass for sure if you ask him nicely and send him the SDL file. And uh, oh my gosh, somebody's gonna send him something obscene now. Please well, don't. Well, I mean, if, if, <laughs> if the money was right, maybe he printed. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't judge people, and it's like, okay, well, you know, if you did this, that'll be X amount of dollars, and we'll just send that on. Someone's and, got uh, a goblin fetish. Could be. Who know? Who knows? Who knows? So I see. On Thingiverse, that there is a um, <laughs> there's a Hodas Hodas however you want to say it uh, is a, there's a 3D print file there that maybe you could talk to Mike about that and have him make one for you. And I'll have that linked in the show notes and along with the link to this nice sponsor of ours over at AlterDementia.com. And you can always use the discount code COG2019 for up to 20% off your total order. Because we do not recognize 2020 on this show. No, it's it's bad. <laughs> it's just a do. We're going to skip That's straight yeah. to 2021 next year. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I've never even heard of a year this bad in my life, at least. But I, I saw online someone said, when I set my clock forward next month, I'm just going to go ahead and set it forward like three months. <laughs> yeah, 2021. We'll just go yeah. right this way. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Are we back with Roy's music, uh, music reviews, movie reviews? All right. Yep. So, okay, we're going to talk about a movie called Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. So this is a movie from 1974. But I wanted to start by by talking about the criteria for the the what I'm using to choose the movies that I review. So it has to be science fiction or fantasy. And, of course, in this case, it's uh, horror, which, I don't know, I think kind of counts. And it has to be on a streaming service that I have access to. So I have Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Disney Plus. And other people have these. So, you know, if you want to look these films up, then uh, you can check them out. And it has to be fun. It has to be cheesy or whatever. Um, But, like, I remember 
talked about the movie called Radio Flash, which was really depressing, and I like I didn't want to talk about that. And I also like a film like Children of Men. No, that's no, I don't want to do that. But anyway, we're talking about Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. So it came out. It was filmed in '72 and released in 1974. And so I want to point out that 1974 is also the same year that Young Frankenstein came out. Um, but uh, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, which I'm just yeah, I guess I'll just keep calling it that, uh, was a sequel to Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. And so the Hammer films, have you guys heard of the Hammer films? Absolutely. That's, this is my first uh, uh, exposure to them. And so this was a film studio in London that from 1955 to the late 70s, they made exclusively made horror films. Kind of, uh, you know, creature feature, uh, you know, uh, midnight drive-in kind of movies. Um yeah, there's a very famous studio. I mean, none of their stuff is, like, really what you would say high-budget kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're all, like, cult classics. Yeah. So, uh, this movie was a sequel to Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, which I have never seen before. Wait, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he was not destroyed. <laughs> you, you got it. Okay. So... Peter Cushing plays Baron von Frankenstein. So if you remember, uh, that is Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars. Uh, and Shane Bryant is a, a character. He plays the character of Simon. And he, I've never heard of him before. He was in four other Hammer films. And then there's another actor I'm going to talk about a little bit later that's going to be kind of an interesting uh, reveal here. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the first time I've seen a Hammer film. So it opens with a uh, guy robbing a grave, and there's a constable that sees him and, and chases him and chases him down. And he catches him, and he says, well, what are you doing? And he says, well, What's I... What's it look like I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> and so he was he was procuring a set of eyes for this uh, character of Simon. So Simon is a, is a, uh, a brilliant surgeon, and he's a big fan of... Frankenstein's work that he um, like he's he's been a student he's done all of the, read all of his works and everything so he's trying to kind of keep Frankenstein's um, work going uh, but the constable takes him to the court and he gets tried and convicted and he's sentenced to go to an insane asylum because everybody thinks that he's crazy um, so uh, let's see where am I at in my notes here um so they the they take him to the insane asylum and the lackeys let him in and he convinces the lackeys that he's the new surgeon. And so they take him in to see the director and uh, director Klaus is a lecherous jackass. And um, the, so the he doesn't realize that Simon is in fact a uh, uh, an inmate or a new inmate and he thinks that he's the new surgeon come to uh, work at the at, at the asylum. And then all of a sudden he realizes that Simon is not the new surgeon and he is a new patient. So he calls the lackeys and they, they take him out and throw him into a, uh, a cell and they hose him down with a, with a fire hose. And uh, the rest of the inmates come out and, and watch all this happen. And um, then uh, very finely dressed and I must say a bitchin' hairdo, Peter Cushing comes out. Nice. So... Um, Mind you, Star Wars came out in 77. Yeah, so this, I was this, trying to put through the math in my head. You said this yeah. was 74? 
Well, it was filmed in 72. Okay. Um, so this is, you know, four or five years before he was in Star Wars. Um, so he dresses down the lackeys and they depart. And uh, Cushing talks to Simon. And Simon says, well, this is why I'm here, because I'm a big fan of, of Baron von Frankenstein. And I know that he used to be in this very asylum. Well, Peter says, well, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and and he says, well, the you know, I, I have some some dirt on the director. And so the director has um, conveniently said that I died in the fire, which apparently must have happened in uh, Frankenstein must be destroyed. So that was the kind of the ending of that film is that he there was a fire and Frankenstein was, quote unquote, killed. Um, so uh, let's see here. Um and he says, well, I've, I've abandoned my previous work because it's, it's been caused such a problem for everybody. Uh, and so I just want to stay here in this asylum and take care of the inmates here. So, like, the director is not a doctor. Um, and the uh, Frankenstein has taken over the care of all of the inmates at the asylum. <laughs> and so he, he gets a hold of Simon. And he says, OK, since you're such a great surgeon and you're such a fan of me, why don't you work with me in the in the asylum and we can you know take care of these people? So one of the uh, inmates is a woman by the name of Angel. She's mute. She's had some um, uh, some kind of trauma that she she won't talk anymore. And so there's uh, there's all sorts of different people. There's one, well some notable inmates. There's a genius, um, but he's uh, suicidal. And then there's a violinist that plays the most beautiful music. Um, and uh, so Angel, like I say, has been assisting the Baron. So the the Baron does his rounds and helps people out. And the Angel has kind of been his his assistant. And so then finally we come to an empty cell with the bars pushed out. And the Baron says, well, there used to be a very hairy and powerful man who escaped from this cell and then fell from the roof of the building and died. So they buried him in the yard. So he allegedly fell from the, you know, he had an accident. But we find out later that uh, Frankenstein kind of arranged for him to have an accident. Um, so he, Simon is, looks out the window and he sees, um, he sees that they're burying somebody in the, in the uh, little graveyard that's outside there. And he realizes that the, or I'm sorry, that they're unburying them. Um, they're un they're digging them up, right? Yes. So Simon realizes that the Baron is still researching how to bring people back from the dead, and he finds the secret room where the Baron's lab is, and he finds the monster there. It's the it's the guy that fell off the roof, uh, and he doesn't have any hands. Um, and so as he's looking at this over, he's confronted by Angel, and Angel runs off to get the Baron, and the Baron's really pissed that Simon has come in. But Simon convinces him that, you know, they can team up and, and really do something great. And the Baron says his days of surgery over because of the fire that, that he, uh, quote unquote, died in. And uh, all of the, the, the handiwork that's been done on the monster thus far has been done by Angel because he can't, he can't operate anymore. Um, so um, a little while later, the violinist and the genius mysteriously die. And uh, they take the hands out the violinist and they scoop out the genius's brain with a melon baller and drop it into the monster. Wow. And they, they, 
And this, you know, things have been pretty tame up to this point. But when they saw the top of this thing's head off, that was a <laughs> that that's okay. Well, that it it earned its R rating. Um, so they bring the monster to life, and so um, eventually the monster starts speaking, and the monster hates its existence and goes on a rampage. It kills several people. It kills uh, the director, who it's revealed is the father of Angel. And had raped her, and that's where her her mutinous came from. Yeah. And they killed the monster. And so Simon is uh, super upset that the the you know their the surgery that they did on the monster didn't work out. And he goes to Frankenstein. And he says, "Well, what what should we do now?" And the Baron says, "Well, we're going to need some more donors." And that's kind of the end of the film of uh, Frankenstein and the monster from hell. So is now, there, is there wanna... a sequel to that? Is it, is it like a trilogy? No, this is the last of the of the series. the The director never did any more films, uh, any more of the Frankenstein films. But yeah. so, like, I was watching the credits, and so it says, you know, Frankenstein is played by Peter Cushing, Simon is played by Shane Bryant, and the monster. The monster is played by again. A guy by the name of David Prowse. David that, Prowse. Does that Chewbacca, ring a bell? Or is that Darth Vader? <laughs> Darth Vader. That's Vader. Okay, That's I knew Vader. it was one of the guys in the costumes, yeah. Yes. So um, David Prowse, five years or however many years before Star Wars, the, was on a, in a film with Peter Cushing, which I thought was kind of an interesting little thing. So uh, I looked into into David Prowse's IMDb. He was a weightlifter and a bodybuilder. And I remember um, there's somewhere there's there's video of him voicing all of the Vader lines. And he thought that he <laughs> was going to be the actor for for Vader. Right. Yeah. He got mad that he yeah. got dubbed over. Yeah. He was pissed about that. Um, so there's a little blurb from IMDb here that I'm quoting. Um so it was not until 1977 when David attended an audition for a film entitled Star Wars. The film was not considered to be a big thing at the time, and the audition was held by director George Lucas. At the meeting, George offered David either the part of Chewbacca or Darth Vader. Instantly turning away the role of Chewbacca, David insisted he play the lead villain, Darth Vader. George asked David why he wanted to play Vader, and he replied, everybody remembers the villain, George. Okay, fair, so, fair point, fair point. Anyway, I thought that was kind of cool that that uh, they were in a in a film in 1972 and they'd come back together in you know 76, 77 to do Star Wars. Uh, a lot of people don't realize um, that Star Wars was completely done over there across the pond. It was a oh, entire yeah. British production, and I I'm sure it was dollar related is why, but that yeah, all the sound stages, all that stuff, most of, you know if not all of the, um, you know, the B actors and the, the people walking around in the background, the extras are all British. So, yeah. The guy that Vader chokes out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be him. So, yeah, that Lord Vader, your sorcerer's ways. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. My <laughs> wife and I always joked that he got that job purely because he could do that thing with his neck to make it look like he was getting choked by an invisible hand. <laughs> I, I do wonder, like, how would that work? It's like, okay, uh, can you do anything different? Well, I could do this neck thing. 
<laughs> that wasn't even going to be a thing, but we have to use it now. George is in the background. Wait, wait, I have a great idea. Let me write this down real quick. We have to have this guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, you can go way down a rabbit hole with Hammer Films. They have a massive, massive output. Um, I mean, I just know of them. I'm sure I've seen one or two, but I I know they're very, very well regarded as cult horror films. They mm-hmm. uh, they did some made-for-TV stuff. They did some TV anthologies. They did some an- anthology movies as regular, you know, just normal movies, too. And, oh, my gosh, it was um, Peter Cushing and who played Saruman? Oh, Christopher uh, Lee. Yeah, Christopher yeah, Lee. Christopher Lee. It kept them to in business for at least a decade. <laughs> I, they've been in a whole bunch of those. So, yeah. It's really so big. I have, I have a whole uh, stable of, of films. I went through Netflix this, this weekend and kind of thought, I added a bunch of things to my list. Like, Oh, I could do that one or I could do that one. So I've, I have a, a, a bunch more movies to review. Um, if people want me to keep doing them. So yeah, absolutely. Let us know. I know uh, for myself, I'm the worst about adding to my list of things I want to watch and never watching them. Mm. That's like my thing. That's what I do. <laughs> That's how I yeah, think. I'm kind of like that too, but honestly, I just I just don't watch that much. I mean, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and I read and I play games and I just it's it's rare for me to sit down and watch a whole movie just because I usually don't have two hours where I can sit there and do nothing else for two, two and a half, three hours. I, I tend to watch them in bites. Yeah. You know, 45 minutes here and there. True. Uh, I'll do TV shows that way a lot. And uh, see, I'm the worst about it's like, you know, comfort. There's comfort food. There's comfort television. I will rewatch the same stuff over and over and over again just because oh, it, yeah. it's comfortable, you know, instead of going like, I'm like, oh, wow, this new series sounds really good, but oh, I'd have to mm-hmm. pay attention to it. And yeah. I don't have time to pay attention right now, you know, or whatever. And yeah, so anyway. Parks yeah, and Recreation and Seinfeld. Yeah. And there's definitely movies that we watch, like like if I'm going to paint minis or something, where I, you know, I want to see something that I've seen before, so I don't have to pay attention to it. Or if we're cleaning the house, there'll be certain movies that we just kind of have on in the background. Mm-hmm. I swear my kid has watched The Office <laughs> at least twice this year. She she watched it one time. You know, she's like, ah, everybody talks about this and whatever, and so I'm going to watch it. And she watched it and she loved it. And I'm, I'm like, well, you know, you need to check out Parks and Rec. That should be the next thing you do. And, you know, she watched that, and it was great. A little slow to get mm-hmm. into it, but she loved it. And uh, I think it was about a month ago i'm like are you watching the office again he's like yeah i just wanted to it's just great i'm like okay well most people wait about a year or so or whatever about every other year i rewatch all of uh the stargate tv series Mm. and that's Mm. that's almost Mm. 20 seasons worth of um programming so what We Do in the Shadows seems like a show that I could watch over and over again, too. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, okay. I recently uh, finally watched it and caught up with it. I've watched... Okay. What I'm is a, that on? Uh, Hulu. It's on Hulu. Yeah. It's on Hulu? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where I saw it. 
Alright, so I I love the movie. And well the and I haven't movie. seen the movie before. I've seen the movie. I saw it like when I was out of town and flipping through the channels or one time and it was just it was so weird that it instantly caught my attention. I'm like, this is really good and really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched the movie and I really liked it. And then um, you know, years go by and they come out with this T V series and I'm like um, okay, I'll, I'll take a look at it. And then I'm like, oh, Matt Berry's in it. I love Matt Berry. Yep. And so I, I run over there and I'm ready to watch it. And I sit down and I watch the first episode and I'm just kind of like, eh. And I never went back to it until recently. I'm like, okay, okay. I've, I've got to give this another shot. And I'm so glad I did. It only got better. Uh, you know, with Guillermo and, you know, becoming the vampire hunter, sort of, and all that stuff. And, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just fantastic. I'm so glad I gave it another shot. And absolutely, fucking Matt Berry is fantastic. He gets better mm-hmm. and better. I love the fact, you know, how do you change it to a bat? He goes, well, I just say bat. And, you know, I, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's fantastic. And, yeah, I love all the... Every time they run into somebody, he's he's always like, "Yes, and we had a torrid sexual relationship in the seven, <laughs> in the seventeen hundreds, and yeah, fucking love it." Anyway, so uh, on to actual news, and uh, well, on to actual uh, what's on your radar. And the very first thing we have, and the weird thing is, I don't have like a full on press release for this. It literally was just a little, just a little graphic that they created and posted but a lot of folks have been talking about it so this company called slave to gaming who makes some have they do have their own rule sets for some things they make some figures are doing the oh god (laughs) here we go mashian krieger mashian krieger anyway you gotta just pick one and go with it be confident i that's true that's true roy uh, that's true, Richard. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, be confident with that too. Yes, that's Call true. Call me Roy. That's just be, be confident. Th- that's true, other Roy. I will. Yes, <laughs> I will now be confident. And uh, oh yeah, speaking of, Richard posted a picture on Facebook. Okay, where he lost. He's lost like seventy-five pounds since I saw him last. He looked like Rocky, and just posted <laughs> posted the picture. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, you ought to see it. He's, he's, you remember okay. you talked about running marathons? Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently he's winning marathons, and he's just not telling us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But so, sure. yeah, he, he's all fit and stuff. He's ripped. He had a, he was showing off a six-pack in it. I don't know why he did that. I thought that was a little too much, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, so this whole thing. Anyway. I'm trying to sell my OnlyFans account. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> anyway. Machian Krieger. Krieger. God, you guys messed me up. You messed me up. So, they... Um, I've been familiar with this since probably the past decade or so. If you kind of like mecha and just modeling and stuff like that, this Japanese artist basically made his own universe, and it's kind of like a Battletech Gundam-type universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have no idea what the actual plot, or even if there is one, but I'll, and I'll have all the stuff in the show notes so you can see examples of the model kits and stuff. But they're fantastic looking, especially if you like mecha. It's it's either big giant robots or just kind of infantry based guys in heavy suits, and uh, they don't. Look, it looks very Fallouty. Yeah, it it looks what I would call more hard science 
than like Gundam, which just looks like straight up anime, you know. This looks kind of like maybe, you know, 50 years from now, this is what we would come up with or something. Anyway, it been, it's, it's been the guy's whole universe for decades, since at least the 90s that I'm familiar with. I'll just read from Wikipedia. It was a science fiction universe created by an artist and sculptor in the 80s. And apparently it's been licensed for a film and all this different stuff forever. It's supposed to be, uh, it's, they pull their inspiration from like World War One and World War Two, armor and aircraft and the American space program. And um, so, yeah, apparently this was a really big get to be able to get this license. And Slave to Gaming will be doing... Uh, this license in 15 millimeter which i'm super excited about so so what's coming out is it rules is it minis is it both both okay that's what they'll do and i'll i'll have this linked in the show notes because apparently sometime in the the dark ages they actually somebody put out a rule set for it looking at the copyright it looks to be about uh 2000 and then it was done again in 2011. So you'll have this in the, sh- in the show notes so you can kind of take a look at uh, just an idea of it. And uh, this rules here was apparently for a Hex Encounter game. So I don't know if it's this thing they're going to come out. It's going to be a Hex Encounter uh, type thing. Of course, it won't be counters. It'll be figures. But yeah. But if this happens, which I'm assuming it will, uh, it's it's a pretty big thing. It'd be a pretty big get to do. And of course, you know, all your caveats are, are in there. You know, you're a little afraid, though, even though this is a big license, this is a small company. So you, you kind of worry about that. And I've, there's been several horror stories of that happening, like the, what you call it, company that had the uh, the Halo license. Uh, the, the other guys that had... Um, it was WizKids, I think. Well, well, no, that was one of them, but the guys that did the uh, Halo Fleet Battles and the Halo... Oh. the Halo, uh, They were going to do 15mm uh, Halo Battles. That was the same company that did have Drop Zone Commander, I think? I could be Hawk. wrong. It, or uh, Tabletop. Yeah, combat. you're right. It's that TT Combat or whatever. I don't yeah. know. It, anyway, that... They caused them to go tits up because they spent all their money on the license and mm. couldn't put out the whatever. So anyway, so we have hope. I think it'd be really neat. I'll spend a lot of money on it. It's just if the figures look <laughs> if the figures look as cool as the models, it, it'll be really nice. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, other than that, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But the it's coming in twenty twenty one. The sad thing is, Slave to Gaming is based out of Australia. So if you think hmm. uh, shipping from England is bad, you know, it's going to be worse from Australia. It'll take longer to get here, although the American dollar is better than the Australian dollar. So maybe it all evens out. I don't know. We'll see. <coughs> the only other thing... Come on, I, we need that Hyperloop. Right, we do. Um, the only other thing I had uh, on my radar, this was a targeted ad that got me on... Um, <laughs> on uh, social media. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I actually want to get some of those. So, hey, whatever. I'll, I'll toss it on my show. 
Maybe one person will look at this and place a small order and you'll make a couple bucks. It's called Squad Marks. And it's squadmarks.com. And uh, I noticed that I kind of needed this at the last 40K tournament I played. Essentially, it allows you to color code your figures by squads. So in case you get all oh, your all your okay, little yeah. stormtroopers all bundled up, like, ooh, well, who goes to what squad there? You know, you have them all color-coded, and so you'll know. I mean, I guess in theory, you could save the money by just painting the bases, but hey, who wants to paint stuff? I know I don't. So this, <laughs> so this is yeah. what I want to do, is buy these little plastic things and clip them on the bottom, and uh, there you go. Bob's your uncle. I can uh, differentiate my squads. And that's squadmarks.com. I always always paint, usually the the full striper on the base, a different color for each squad. Sometimes I'll do maybe just a little hash mark or something to differentiate them. Hmm. And then it looks like they have stuff for, like, if you play Blood Bowl for skills, like if you have Dodge and have that on there. Actually, this is pretty cool. So I've heard... I think we've talked about it on this show as well, but storage for Star Wars Legion. And I think, Roy, you were talking about putting them on like a cooking tray or something. Yeah. yeah. These guys, for only 27 cents each, have adhesive magnets that you can stick on the bottom of your figs. Ooh, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So 27 cents each, or it's not bad to be able to store them quickly. Mm-hmm. It does remind me, uh, every time I see a really nice figure or whatever on, um, usually it's the small ones, like 15 millimeter or whatever on, Social media, I'm like, oh, cool. What? Do, how did you base that on? It's like, well, I put it on a 15p, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what is that? You know, a, <laughs> it's a Shoreford Shackles Mart that's with the Queen on it. You know, you get them from Aldi. And I'm like, I we don't have those over here. I'm sorry. That's just me. <laughs> Our we have nickels and they're not magnetic. I can't help you. I don't. It's just a thing. They're not even real metal. I don't think. It's very strange. Anyway, moving on to actual news, uh, you're starting to see a lot of stuff coming out for this Mantic Games uh, Armada, and I'm really excited for it, and I'll have this link in the show notes, it's just an article on the faction focus for the Empire of Dust, and this is their Egyptian undead theme. I'm leaning toward this one as a second faction right now. I'm definitely going to buy into this game with the dwarves in February, and I really am interested in kind of the undead as a second one. So, is this one we talked about? I think last time they had the orcs had like the thrown together ships and the. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's it. That's it. So. Um, yeah. So these guys look pretty cool. I, I like the looks of the Egyptians. So you know we're going to keep following that, uh, following that along, and uh, yeah, I, honestly, I really hope to get it off the ground locally. I've asked them and they said yes to send a demo copy to my local store and uh, I don't know if when I think it's the end of this month maybe I just hope it happens although I I have heard from several people that Mantic has a reputation for kind of not or being very slow to kind of you know do that stuff like that kind of follow up and whatever and so, uh, the next thing we have, McFarlane Figures continues to put out Warhammer 40,000 uh, figures. And McFarlane Toys has always put out some really, really cool stuff. In fact, when I was playing 40K 3rd Edition, I was like, I don't understand why I could go to Toys R Us, 
and that was a place where you could actually, it was a whole building where you could buy toys, kids. They don't have it anymore. It went out of business. It is now an Ollie's, I promise you. If you have, if you used to have one in your area, it is now an Ollie's. So, I could go there and buy a McFarlane toy for like $15, and it would be huge, beautifully painted, arti- you know, it had all the bendiness and all that stuff. I want to say articulate, but that means it could speak well. What is it when you can bend? <laughs> articulated. Articulated, <laughs> yes. It wasn't a speaking toy. But, was, but you know. get a B-plus for effort, though. Yes. So, And um, you get all that, or you could buy, you know, for 15 bucks, not a lot from Games Workshop that would be on the sprue, and you have to put it together and paint it and all that stuff, and nobody wants to do that. So. But I am glad to see they're actually doing stuff. And th- what this is, you'll have to see it in the show notes, is they're doing Sisters of Battle toys. And, well, A Sister of Battle and uh, looking pretty good. They also got a Necron Warrior for you to paint up. Huh, no thanks. But, yeah, the uh, Necron looks cool. That, yeah, that's the undead faction in Warhammer 40,000. It's like essentially these... I hesitate to say gods. Technically, yes, but it's like... What is the uh, the adage? Any Something about magic can be science if it's high enough or whatever... Any, yeah, any sufficiently advanced technology yes, is indistinguishable from magic. magic. That's the quote, exactly. So anyway, this god beings came in and kind of tricked this whole race of people into giving up their souls and stuck them in these robot bodies. So basically, they're they're undead. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's what they are. And then, uh, yeah, they also had, McFarlane did the, um, the Ultramarine and just a regular Marine that you can paint yourself. So I'm holding I'm, out for Dark Angels. I'm a little disappointed that the Sister of Battle is wearing a helmet, though. That is true, but uh, whenever I model all my 40K stuff, I always put helmets on them because I'm like, come on. this is." Oh, you don't want to do faces? Yeah. No, well, no. I, you know, I contract out for that anyway. But oh, okay, to, yeah. me, to me, it just looks dumb. It's like, hey, you know, I'm wearing all this huge armor, but I'm going to take my helmet off and possibly get shot in the face and, <laughs> die, and die immediately. I mean, why would you get out of your suit of armor, you know? Besides, it's just, oh, it looks cool, but oh, Jim got shot in the face, he's now dead. Well, when you're back in the barracks, you know. (laughs) Having beers, you know. Yeah, yeah, cooking some bacon. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the next thing, ah, yeah, um, Infinity, the game, sorry, Corvus Belly's Infinity, which is infinitygame.com, has partnered with Winged Hussar Publishing, and apparently they're going to come out with uh, novels and stuff to push, you know, the background and lore of the Infinity Universe, which is super cool. I really want to, like, read this stuff because I'm having to buy, like, old rule books to read up on factions and whatnot. So, kind of neat. And the next thing was... I'm a big fan of the Exalted Funeral, and... This one is, how do you pronounce that? Putrescent Regent? I go with Ragnant. Putrescent Ragnant. An ear-shattering, rock-reeking bog crawl for Morkborg. So which one of you guys put this on here? Or was this me? It's a record. It is. No, it's not me. I may have stuck this on here. 
I can never remember. There's so many of them on here. I'm like, because I know I would have put this on here. I just don't know if I did put this on there. Every now and then I get surprised, and I think I put it on here, and you guys put it on here. Now, see, I bought their last uh, record, which was Robot Jungle whatever that was. It, I didn't buy it via Kickstarter. Are, you, are they using random name generators? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me, because I'll link this in the show notes. Is Robot <laughs> Jungle? I'm gonna do record and see what pops up. Death Robot Jungle is what it is from Exalted Funeral. And I'll toss this right in here so you guys can see it and remind me to put it in right there. It's uh, 35 minutes of somebody dragging a rake over a chalkboard. Mm, could be. <laughs> this is a, uh, a tropical sci-fi RPG setting in LP format. And uh, this kind of thing was right up my alley. As much as I like vinyl and stuff anyway, and, you know, I love, you know, my kink is buying uh, RPGs and never playing them, just having them. Sometimes I read them, usually not. But uh, we're not kind yeah. of kink shaming. Yes, I, that you shouldn't. So that's like what this is, and uh, so I, I like the idea of it. And I'm like, huh, this would be something if I don't like buy it, it'll be like, it, yeah, because they only made 500 copies of it. I'm like, if I don't buy it now, it'll be worth like two thousand dollars next year. And then I'm like, huh, maybe it will be worth two thousand dollars next year, and I'll sell it. So uh, yeah, anyway. So I will definitely get this. I need to get a copy of Morkborg as well because, yeah, ever since I, we covered that uh, Reddit review where the guy was like, this is terrible. It looks like something somebody drew in high school or whatever. I'm like, that really made me want to get it. And the people at Morkborg loved it too. They're like, we always, this is our favorite review of our product. So anyway, I have to get that putrescent red It that too. And uh, the next thing I should have pushed it up on there was, and I just had to put this on here, is Monstruckers are coming out as a faction for Infinity, and basically it's Rednecks. The monster guy in the front looks an awful lot like the Tiger King. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be. You'll see this in the show notes. This is another faction, and I'm not quite sure how you feel. Oh, they're from Hoxlam, which is one of the factions in Infinity. And, uh, yeah, these will be the Monstruckers are there to do Monstrucking stuff. So, there you go. They need, uh, they need MAGA hats. Yeah, it could be. Oh, well. I mean, they're, they're, wearing, they're wearing trucker hats. They're wearing so you hat. could paint them red. You could, I right. absolutely would with a little, little white re- lettering on there. It'd yep. be, yeah, it'd be awesome. We'll have that in the show notes. Rednecks all. <laughs> and, uh, the next thing, um, I just wanted to cover... Games Workshop releasing the Giant Faction for Age of Sigmar. It's kind of neat. Uh, in 40k, uh, several years ago, they put out a what was called Imperial Knight Faction, which are basically mm-hmm. gi- it's giant 28 millimeter mechs. So mm-hmm. these are on your table, and they stand probably about 18 inches tall, just huge plastic kits. And so, like a whole army would be about like three of those, you know, versus, you know, your Roy's regular army, which has like 60 guys in it. And so they decided at some point to do this for their fantasy game, and they did it by bringing giants over. Now, I'm not a fan of their sculpts. I think their giants look weird compared to like Mantix and uh, some of the other ones. But hey, what can you do? But also these things are... 
pretty freaking expensive dollar wise if i remember correctly i think somebody looked them up and um they're like over it's their their largest kit let's see is the kraken kraken eater mega gargant Drop this over here. No, I think you're still looking at the album names from that I know, other right? place. Mm-hmm. And uh, that right there, 195 bucks for this big old <laughs> plastic guy. You could get, you could buy an entire Legion army, I think. You could at least do a skirmish army for uh, for 200 dollars, at least. Oh, you could, if you go to the uh, like the Legion buy sell page on Facebook, you could probably buy a painted army for that. Yeah. So, yeah, here's this big, huge guy. And I always get kind of confused when I see these big, giant guys, and they're wearing, like, furs and stuff. It's like, what did you kill to make that? Did you kill, like, a whole bunch of bears and, like, sew them together? You know, why do giants have body issues that they want to cover themselves? I I don't (laughs) don't get it. Because it's not armor. Because, I mean, they're basically walking around in, like, um, underwear... And, or loincloths and uh, just something covering their forearms for some reason. It's like they're, they're swinging a big club there. That is true. <laughs> and a big club, big big club there. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And like if you scroll down, and their their smaller one, the smaller gargants look super weird. They kind of look like it, a candle that melted. They they're almost anorexic giants. I don't know. It's it seems like they could have had. I don't know. Do, do better job sculpting that, but especially for two hundred freaking dollars. Anyway, um, ah, the last couple of things I had were just some board game geek discussions. Uh, the first, I know you and I, you got me and you guys had talked about this before. There were some mm-hmm. issues with North Star Gaming. Are you guys familiar with them as to like as for like what they put out or anything? Rich, I all I swear I thought it was one of those kind of boutique. Hicks Encounter Companies. No, no, North Star, they do, I know they do Quacks of Quedlinburg, which I've never played, but that's, yeah. Well, that's so I was the thinking only thing that the, I know from uh, them. The game called Evolution is um, a North Star. Oh, did that, did that one too? Okay, I haven't I played that so. one either. Now, somebody told me that they actually have um, uh, games at Target. I mean, I, I would think you're doing pretty good and of course this is just my my ignorance you know i don't know that but i would think you're doing pretty good if your board games are at target but maybe i guess you're only making a quarter on all those that you ship to target i don't know okay so wits and wagers say anything um there's a bunch of yeah they do evolution like you said yeah okay let's I wanted to see if I could sort by rank to see whatever their biggest one was, but uh, nope, don't think so. Oh yes, I can sort by rank. So their biggest one would be the Quacks of Quedlinburg in 2018. Yep. It's ranked 75 on Board Game Geek. You guys ever played this one? No. Nope. Me neither. The uh, the Taverns of Tiefenthal I've been interested in. The Taverns of Tiefenthal. Okay, they they like alliteration. So. It's a um, it's a worker placement game where you're managing a tavern. Okay. Like a fantasy tavern, which I thought sounded kind of fun. It's kind of neat. So, like, you know, you have to deal with, yeah, people paying their tabs, 
or poss- yeah. possibly harassing your your wait staff or <laughs> maybe, maybe a dragon comes in. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You get a bar fight and they set off a fireball inside the bar. <laughs> but uh, we'll have this link to the show notes. It's a board game geek discussion of just about like where they are currently post pandemic and um, they're having some trouble. So they're having to like thin down. And so stuff is going to take a slower amount of time to ship out and everything else. I mean, I mean, it's happening everywhere with stores, game stores. And yeah, I would not be surprised that it's happening with companies as well. Because, I mean, honestly, let's face it. There are a whole, whole bunch of board game companies out there. A whole, well, whole bunch. And so the beginning of this discussion was over somebody who got a game that was missing a component, and he contacted them, and they said, "Well, sorry, we're not going to help you out with this." Or it would and take so, it would take a while, right? I thought they were going to yeah. help. It was just going to take a long time. Well, I th- thought they wanted him to uh, try to get remediation through his uh, FLGS. So a few months ago, we talked about FFG. Basically, said. You have to go to the store where you bought it. Oh, yeah. Like yes. if you buy like a Star Wars Legion thing and it's missing a part, you have to go to the store where you bought it. They will replace it for you and then we will replace it for them. But this is a different situation where now this company is basically saying, no, go back to Target and they'll replace it for you. We're not doing anything at all. Well, and that's the deal is it like it's just kind of we're on such dire straits that we can't really. Our, uh, customer service is, um, is suffering because of it. So the yeah. uh, one of the posts here from the uh, the designer from the publisher says, keep in mind that the cost to manufacture one game is usually less than one customer service shipping cost. <laughs> so, all right, I I will point out that what started this entire thread was he was missing a die, just a die. Yeah, that was the only mm-hmm. thing, and he contacted customer service, and they were like. Eh, you know, honestly, we don't consider a die to be an essential component. Just take it back to Target or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I, honestly, if I opened it and... Or, or pick up one of the 30 others that you have laying around your house. Right. Although, I will also say it was kind of a dick move on their part to say, you know what, we'll sell you a die if you want to buy it and we will charge you shipping and handling for it. That's kind of a dick move to say. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, they should have just said, "Oh, I'm sorry, you have to take that back to Target." You know, if that if that's where you came from, and it'll it'll go from there. Because I mean, I could at least understand that. But... Well, so that was their first thing, apparently. Yes. Is it take it back, or we can sell you a die? Yes. So. And then that's when the guy hopped in and was like, "Oh, you guys don't understand. We don't have any money, and blah blah blah, and hellfire and damnation, and this, that, and the other. There's only going to be one person working here, and yeah, okay." Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, did you really need to come in with all that? I don't know, but I guess you kind of have to try and save face, maybe. Which, I mean, the publisher could turn around and bounce that back to the manufacturer, too, and say, we have this customer service thing. We would like you to deal with it. Maybe maybe they would, or maybe he's kind of counting on them for it to be like Target, just going, you know, Target just throws it in the trash and just gives the guy another one, and so that guy makes another sale. Oh, that that yeah. way could be I don't know maybe um, I don't know but yeah it just it made me think about like where uh, they would be you know a company would be in this 
post-COVID situation, but mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. And then the last thing we had was another Board Game Geek thread that actually got... It was one I commented on 10 years ago, and it actually popped back. It was resurrected. What do they call that? Where like it was necromanced back, back into thing, back into yeah. life. And uh, it was a discussion on... Basically, it starts out, board games have broken me from miniature gaming. And uh, if you scroll through here, there's an actual quote from me where I say something like, ah, I'm done playing miniature games. I am going... Ah, yes, I'm sorry. I started this thread. I I forgot. Yes, I created this thread. Board games have broken me from miniature gaming. I created it on March 29th, 2010. Oh, okay. And I, I quote as saying, I've pretty much given up. In a board game, everything I need in the box at a reasonable price, all I need is opponents, no painting or terrain needed. I've always played board games, but this year I've gotten way into it. Anybody feel the same way? Okay. I guess now, in 2020, let me just say I've given up on board games and and moved over (laughs) into miniature gaming. Because, and I guess I should actually comment and say that at, at the end of this, because I cannot find board game opponents. I can find miniature game opponents. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't necessarily find all the miniature game opponents I want, but I can get a really, really good um, variety of it. Whereas I, I can't, dude, I can't find anybody to play a dungeon crawler. I'm dying here in Central Mississippi. Can't find somebody to play a dungeon crawler, much less you know. Uh, Advanced squad leader or whatever, but ah, it's just a thing, you know. Just it's yeah, I don't know. I guess it's I mean it's it's where I'm at, and we've talked about this before. You know, board gaming isn't a renaissance now, but I argue that war gaming is difficult to find because they're not like party games. You you it's generally just two of you, versus mm-hmm. most other yeah. board games have a minimum of three. Usually you're playing, like, with four or six, you know? So, I don't know. It is funny, because one guy comes through here, and I don't know if, if he's the guy that actually owns this company or whatever, but not only um, did he make this comment, but he made a point to private message me on here and talk up the game Onus. Now, do you remember us talking about that? No. Uh, is this a... Uh... It's like a Aztec themed. Uh, right? well, no, 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 no. Onus is it's O N U S, and uh-huh. it's one of those uh, not miniature games. It's, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's Roman themed, and it had a it, there was a Kickstarter for it, and all this stuff. Basically, it's got like a stand of soldiers as a card. Yes, yes, that that is yeah. it. That oh, okay, is it. It's um and so I actually ended up buying an entire Kickstarter pledge really cheap off somebody at uh, one of the last conventions I went to. So I actually he commented like oh you got to try this out you know it's called Onus you know you'll love it and um they're gonna come out with a Kickstarter later that uh will be that will cover like Greek and whatever so uh, yeah I said try Onus. It is on the cusp of going out of print, but a new version based on the Trajan Wars, I'm assuming that's Trojan, is promised around the end of 2021. They're working on new art now. Onus has scenery... Could be Trajan. 
Trajan was a Roman emperor. Oh, maybe that's it then. T R A J A N. Yeah. And um, it even has a Greek versus Persia pack, a mini game, and a portable box you can fit in your pocket. Very nice game. Only improvement I can find is to give light infantry plus one on attack. Blah blah blah. Anyway, but yes, I have all of those. I bought. Yes, I have the entire everything made by Onus. I have that I got super cheap, and uh, I've not got that to the table. You know, I, I I want to. That's not one I would get rid of. And uh, but anyway, if you scroll through this thread, and I'll have this posted in the show notes. You do see people in there with two millimeter miniatures, and I give two millimeter guys a lot of shit because I really think you should be playing uh, with board games. Yeah, your blobs down there that you have put blue paint on and stuck an American flag in the middle. That doesn't look anything like Union troops to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it, I can't see it. It's, I, yes, it's just blue. Yes, no, that's what it is. Not it. So, anyway. So, yeah, that's the last thing we had. We've had a pretty busy um, show. Roy got out on bail. I don't know when his court date is, and uh, yeah, I think, I think oh, he's I'm waiting for the border re- man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's waiting for a pardon, depending on the results of the election. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. He could get a pardon. That's very true. What is uh, what is your uh, what's her name? Is her name Gretchen? It's not Gretchen Wieners, is it? Whitmer. <laughs> It's not Gretchen. I'm sure somebody's called her Gretchen Wiener before. Gretchen Wieners? You guys have never None seen None for yep. Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> yeah. If you've seen Mean Girls, there you go. Stop trying to and make... if you haven't, you're wrong. Yes, you need to see it. Richard, stop trying to make Fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Freaking great movie. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was a few days ago. It was actually Mean Girls Day. Whatever that means, because it's something like... Does it mean Girls Day? Yes, it's because she said... There's a quote in the movie like, today is October 5th or something like that. And so people have taken that and whatever day it is and and say, oh, it's Mean Girls Day. And that's what what it is. Let's see. Mean Girls Day is... October 3rd. Yeah, it's October... Oh, yes. Because the uh, the guy she has a crush on asks her like what what hey what's today's date and or she asks him and he says it's October third so there you go I'll have that linked in the show notes talking so to Aaron more and more huh. yet another thing Harold on games refuses to talk about yeah I know come on do you do you think history on the tabletop is celebrating Mean Girls Day no they're not although you know. I, you could do uh, Mean Girls, the board game. See, I want that to be the next coin game. Um. Oh, you know what this should be? What's the uh, What's the one with the bobbleheads? Bobbleheads. The bobbleheads oh. fighting game. The Rock'em, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. No, not Rock'em Sock'em. The one they've yeah, got, like, Golden Girls the, and everything else. Yeah, the pop game. The oh, Funko. Game. Yeah, yes. Funko. They yes, Funko. The, the, those should have Mean Girls. Funko. Undoubtedly, they're they have. Hold on, Mean Girls Funko because uh, they have them for everything, everything. Uh, oh yes, they do. There's there's Regina, there's Karen. <laughs> so yeah, Regina and Karen. What about Gretchen? We want Gretchen. That's who we want. Is there is there not one? There's Kate. Good lord, they have them for everybody. <laughs> I want yes. Where's Gretchen Wieners? So Mean Girls Funko. 
Rich and I'm gonna link this in the show notes. Yes, there he goes. You can get it from Amazon. Oh my lord! Apparently it's collectible because they on Amazon they have it for 108 dollars. If you really, really want your uh, Gretchen Wieners <laughs> figure, right there. <laughs> and they call it an action figure, and I take some <laughs> I take some umbrage with that because it doesn't move or anything. So how can it be like action? But anyway, you could get oh yeah the Regina action figure quote unquote is 145 dollars. Uh, yeah, I knew I knew they'd have this thing because they have stupid Funko for everything. <laughs> Every stuff you couldn't even think of. You know, it's like the guy who won a rugby match in South Carolina in 1937. Oh, yeah, here's a Funko Pop for that guy. There's Chance of Gaming Funko Pops, I'm sure, somewhere. We just don't know. Are they going to have the eight guys that just tried to capture the governor? <laughs> yes, they'll have those as Funko Pops. I don't know. What would they call that? Uh, Yalkadas. The Yalkata <laughs> Funko Pops. You know, because it's everything. You have freaking everything. So, anyway, that's the end of the show. We ramble a bit. Occasionally, when he's not occasionally, la- occasionally when, when he's not laughing, Richard gets on to me about... Um, what, what was it you said that time? We... I just said we needed to tighten it up. No, 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 no. You said I did something. Oh. <laughs> you said I did... Uh, how did you describe it? I... Stream of consciousness? Yes, yes. It was a little too stream of consciousness that time. <laughs> and, uh, so, but as long as Richard's laughing, he doesn't care. So, anyway. So, all right. That's right. So there you go. We're done. Just Hey, yeah. we're, we're three weeks from the election, so make your decision. It's, yes, I can't and, believe. And make it be the right one. Uh, look, okay, okay. I, you know, I know like it, it's a human thing that no matter what you think, you tend to think people think like you. You know, Mm -hmm. like, if you like the color yellow, you think people naturally like the color yellow and whatnot. So, I was listening to NPR this morning, and I, the people that they actually talked to about voting, I had to literally turn it off. Because, again, it's like, those people are breathing the same air as me on this planet, hurtling through the uh, solar system. I can't, I cannot believe it. It, yeah, spoggles my mind. With like, well, you know, I'm not going to vote for him because of this, you know, and that's that and the other. Uh, my mm-hmm. favorite thing on Reddit I saw today was, it was like, yeah, my uh, my parents are voting for Trump because he lowered their taxes for $1,000. They, you know, they made an extra $1,000 this year. He was like, I sold, he's like, I sold my pool table for more than that. It's like, my parents are selling, you know, are, are ready to go to a single party dictatorship. For the less than the price of a used for pool table, <laughs> and I'm like, eh, well, that's that's where we go. That's it. That is it. That's just the way it is. So we anyway. get the leaders we deserve. Mm-hmm. We do. And uh, yes, yeah, because what was the, that? Was the line from uh, from was it Batman? You get the uh, you. It was the, the the hero we deserve or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's probably where I took it from. Yeah. All right. All right. So, well, see you guys later. Be good, everybody. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I hear pots. Oh, usually Adam hangs up. He's like, click, gone. I know. I'm just gone. <laughs> yeah. Like, eh, I'm gone. But I honestly lost Skype in all those uh, windows I keep open. Oh. Huh. Oh. <laughs> there he oh. is. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Well, I'm heading out. Good night, guys. Bye. Good night.